Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Golbezan. We're here today looking at the aftermath of the Iran-Spain game last night. I'm here with Pejman Pars, and today is going to be a little bit different, as it's me and him going one-on-one in a more casual review of what happened yesterday. Hi, Pejman. Hi, Bobak. Uh, really excited to talk to you about the game. Great. So let's start with the lineup. Did you have any surprises there, or how did you feel before the kickoff? Well, uh, one major surprise was, of course, uh, Jahan Bakhsh getting dropped to the bench and putting in Taremi. Uh, and th- that's basically, maybe we can talk about the reason why, but for me, that was the biggest surprise. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it was uh, so, some lineups were circulating about a couple of hours before the kickoff, and we saw those lineups and thought, okay, it seems realistic. And then just before the kickoff, we heard that Jahan Bash is now starting. The first first thought was, is he injured or is he dropped? Luckily, uh, uh, he wasn't injured, as we saw, and it was more a case of protecting him as he was already on a booking for the Portugal game. So how do you think that affected the strategy or or the game performance, Pejman? Uh, well, I think it was a, you know, if you look at uh, in one day after the game, it was a smart move bringing in Tarami. Because in my opinion, Tarami is maybe a better defender than Jahan Bakhsh, uh, or less worse. To be honest, I don't think any of them is a really good defender. But uh, Taremi proved himself during this game that he was worth it uh, of, of starting this game. And I also believe a reason why Jahan Bakhsh was benched is because Kerouch probably knew that uh, Spain would pressure Iran quite hard and quite deep in their own goal. So that's that's something that Jahan Bakhsh can't really use his his offensive qualities there so it was maybe a smart move to letting him play sometime in the second half and with, with a pair of uh, fresh uh, feet that can uh, damage uh, the Spanish team yeah I agree as well I think uh, like you said we knew we were going to be pinned back for long stretches with our strategy uh, looked like we were playing could say a 4-3-3 but in most parts, in the first half at least, it would turn into a 6-3-1 with, uh, I think it was Karim and on the right side, Taremi falling back to add extra cover on uh, uh, the flanks, allowing Reza Young Hasafi to move a little bit inward. So it was it was very reminiscent of Inter during that Champions League run, if you, if you can uh, go back that far that far back so I think uh, yes maybe it was right because Jahan Bash could have been in uh, in a risk of getting a booking at the same time we saw Amiri uh, get one and there were a couple of tackles that were could have resulted in more cards for us so Pejman tell me about the performance and the tactics in the first half do you agree with those tactics first of all because there was a lot of criticism on some foreign uh, they called Iran cheaters. Uh, that was Roy Keane on ITV. And Ian Wright also said he doesn't feel sorry for Iran because they didn't give it a go in the first half. Uh, so there was some harsh criticism. How do you respond to that? Uh, 
pardon my French and sorry everybody, but uh, they can uh, suck my vuvuzela to be honest. Uh, this uh, this kind of people that are talking about uh, the Iranian uh, type of playing obviously doesn't know much about uh, the Iranian team, the Iranian players, the Iranian coach. Uh, so those comments aren't really worth it to to answer. Uh, in my opinion, Iran did a great first half, uh, really frustrating the Spaniards and making it hard for them to, to penetrate uh, the uh, Iranian uh, goal. But something that maybe I wanted to see a little bit more of is that trying to hold on uh, to the ball a bit longer. Uh, we could see that uh, Ausmoon got frustrated a couple of times when Iran had the ball and he was seeking for a, for a pass, but instead the defenders they just simply uh, shot the ball wide and uh, wanted was only interesting into defending. I do believe that Iran could have uh, hold on to the ball a bit more when they had it, but uh, I don't. Uh, I, I totally agree with the way Iran played. For me, that wasn't cheating. Um, sure, I I agree that there was some time wasting, but if we're going to accuse Iran for time wasting, then we should accuse every team in the entire world for time wasting when they're in the uh, in the lead or whatever when i don't want to concede a goal that happens every day in every game in the world so uh, i think people were just frustrated to see uh no-name teams such as iran uh, getting the best out of the play against uh, a super team with almost only Barcelona and Real players not being able to really uh, score or, or, or damage the Iranian defense. So th that's my call. Perfectly put. Uh, there is a reason why people like Ian Wright and Roy Keane are not managing teams today. Uh, one of them has never been a manager. The other one has been a failed manager, I would say. So it would be very naive to think that Iran can play expansive football against maybe the best team in the world or at least in the top two teams in the world and try to get a result. These tactics were... The only way we had a chance to get a point or maybe steal three points. And uh, it's unreasonable to ask smaller nations, footballing nations, I should say, to play anything different than this in order to get results. We don't have the resources. We don't have the players. We don't have the facilities. So for us to equalize that gap, we have to play uh, tactics like this. These are tactics that Mourinho uses, one of the most famous managers in the world. So I th think it was harsh. A little bit ignorant, and it shows for a exactly. lack of preparation for their roles uh, as pundits on national television. Now, you you did you did point out Saidar Osmoon being frustrated. I have a question for you, and it's come up after having a chat with a friend of mine. Is Sardar knowing that we're going to play this defensive style, and Sardar Osmoon is a player that gives you 60, 65 good minutes? Is it wise to start him in the first half so he runs his legs into the ground? Or would it make more sense to put him on the bench and bring him on in the second half where we expect to be more of a threat on the opposition? Um, it's a good question. It's, it's a tough question because uh, let's say if we bring in somebody else there, maybe Reza Kuchanejad, uh, I, I think... Uh, Kairos still wanted Iran to do some counter-attacks uh, and for that uh, 
Sadr Azmoun is still the number one option in Iran. So maybe that was the reason that he, he let him start. And uh, he was actually quite good in the defense, which was a surprise for me. I mean, sure, it, it was a problem that he went in so deep in the Iranian defense, which basically made it we, we couldn't have any uh, attacking players when uh, we when Iran won the ball. But on the other hand, uh, Iran didn't really have much to to give in the first half. So um, I don't know if it would make any difference if we would have Ochanejad or maybe Salman there instead of uh, Osmoon. I think Osmoon's defensive work yesterday should be should be praised actually. I agree with you. I think uh, Sadar gave great performance in terms of effort and ethic. He was pushing himself into the ground. He had nothing left to offer, and it wasn't because he was walking around. So he, for you to appreciate that, you, you need to understand football. Uh, he was, rumors are that during the post-match uh, in the mix zone, he was a little bit in emotional and in tears because of some criticism he's received over the last few days. And he even... I don't know if this is substantiated, but he even uh, suggested that he could retire from the national team if people are not happy. I would have to say he has a very thankless job in this system. Mm, I'm not sure if he uh, was pushing him, pulling himself back towards the defense and midfield. I presume it's something that comes from Kairos. So there's no outlet, as you said, for us to give an out ball towards Sardar <clears throat> like we did in the first game. But regardless of that, call, I think he... Call. He had a good game in terms of effort, just like everyone else on the pitch. I'm just thinking forward to the Portugal game. If we're going to replicate this sort of football, would it be worth the risk to bring him in the second half? Or maybe you'll be down 2-0 by then or try to keep him at front. But this is a debate for another day. Uh, moving on from Sardar, one of the guys we've criticized before on the pod, and I can hold my hands up as well and say I was one of the guys who probably wanted him out of the squad, is Vahid Amiri. But over the two games, he has been an unsung hero from that third midfield position, and he's played on the left wing as well. He, Mr. He was, Nutmeg Amiri. He's, he's, he's <laughs> other yeah, that, well, that's that's become yeah that's become a, a viral sensation. If anything, if if we don't get further forward, at least we have that to look for <laughs> look towards. But he was excellent yesterday, and he was very good against Morocco as well. So, what what do you think of this his performances, and does he have a role to play against Portugal? Yeah, well, I can only agree with you. I was one of them, those who said that why is Amiri even in the squad? You know, why isn't Kaveh Rezaei there? But uh, obviously, uh, Kairos once again proves us wrong. I mean, he's he's been in the coach for 30 years, so he has some ideas that uh, maybe he doesn't want to show to the world and let let's let it be shown on the pitch only. Um, um, sorry, Bobak, what was your question? Because I was just uh, so so into the the Amiri love. Babak? Uh, well, okay. Uh, uh, I will discuss, uh, keep on talking about uh, Mr. Amiri. Uh, for me, he was Iran's best player in the uh, in both two matches, one of the best players in both against Morocco and against uh, Spain. Uh, he's a hard-working midfielder that uh, isn't ashamed uh, 
to 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 do the nasty work uh, for his teammates and he can easily uh, uh, outrun most of his uh, Iranian teammates but also some of the Spaniards uh, and uh, he really doesn't have any good uh, technique but what what he does he does it good and the nutmeg was it was just something uh, funny and to, to be remembering and uh, I'm I'm praising Amiri now and and it showed uh, that these players from the Iranian league have a really uh, high standard when it actually comes to it they show great will great spirits and fought with their hearts uh, all players from the from Iranian league yeah, yesterday like Omid Ibrahimi as well Majid Hosseini Alirza Beronwand they should all be praised yeah, perfectly put. Vahid uh, Ali, I thought I agree with you. Not only did he do the defensive stuff, but he has been probably one of our best creators of opportunities. In the first game, I think it was him who laid off something to Sadar Azmoun for a one-on-one. And yesterday, again, he put on that cross right on the penny of Taremi's forehead. So I think, personally, I feel him coming from the central midfield area makes him a bigger threat for him his, um, let's say, technique and his abilities. Going down on the left wing where you expect him to take on the man and beat him, I'm not sure if he's the right guy, and that's where he's played mostly for the national team. But as a central midfielder, as a third midfielder, let's say, he's proven to be a, a wild card or a joker in the pack for us. And I think based on the two performances, it would be too hard to drop him because he's added some solidity in there. But it depends on his fitness as well because we've had two intense 90 minutes uh, from the players and we don't want the same thing that happened against Bosnia uh, on a fitness side to uh, catch up with us from four years ago. Now, speaking of other players you mentioned, you mentioned Majid Hosseini, you mentioned Bayron Van, but I want to specifically talk about the birthday boy Majid Hosseini. How did you feel he coped yesterday? Not only him, but with poor Ali Ganji as a partnership. I thought that uh, Morteza played maybe his best game for the national team. Definitely the best since the Asian Cup when he broke through into the team. How did you feel about the partnership? Uh, oh my God, this was like love at first sight. Uh, it was unbelievable uh, how cool and he l- was looking so experienced, Majid Hosseini. Uh, we should remember that this is his third international national cap ever. He played... 10-15 uh, minutes against Morocco when he played uh, like a half in a friendly game before the World Cup against Uzbekistan or something like that. Uh, so he's unexperienced even if he's played good in, in the club level at Iran with Esterlal. Uh I was really surprised uh, how well and how quick uh, Majid Hosseini could adapt to the Iranian way of, of playing. His uh, work with uh, Morteza Pura El Ganji should be praised. Although they had a lot of help from the other players, just such as uh, Ezatolai and Ebrahimi, um, I was, to be honest, never really worried when Majidi was, was under attack because he showed from the beginning that uh, he's a tough and smart player. Uh, and with his speed and with his uh, set of mind, uh, I do believe that Majidi has a great future in the national team and this could be his breakthrough that we could see a 
new Iranian defender for at least 10 years. Remember, he just uh, he's just 22 years old and he showed against uh, Spain that he, he can bring his A game. Uh, so, and Morteza, uh, he what he used to lack is a, is a coolness. I think in the World Cup so far, he's shown himself and shown us especially that uh, he has grown a lot as a defender. Uh, th those silly mistakes that he used to do, we haven't seen them so far. Uh, his way of playing has been really impressive and the coolness that maybe Jalal Hosseini had when uh, he was partnering with him is something that Morteza have taken over when partnering with Majid Hosseini. So uh, I I'm full of praise of these two defenders uh, and I'm sure that we will see a lot more of them in the, in the coming future. I, I genuinely believe that Morteza Pueri Genji should move to Europe this summer. He's 26 going on 27, so he's at the last chance saloon if he wants to play at a higher level. He deserves to play at a higher level. Um, I think there would be interest from maybe some of the secondary leagues like the Eredivisie in Holland. So I hope that we see him in Europe joining the rest of our players. Yeah, now, I wonder how many Iranians Charlie Ra can fit before they, they, they become like an... Uh, Iranian embassy because they already bought, bought <laughs> yeah. three Iranians now. True. Uh, talking about one more player, I mean, we're pretty much going through the whole team, but another player who I thought was hardworking against Morocco when I was at the stadium, and I think you can validate this as well because you had it, uh, you had a good seat too. Uh, Karim Ansari Farad, he played in the midfield in the last game, and yesterday he was mostly seen on the left side of the attack. So how did you see his performance? No question about his uh, work rate, but how did you see him performing? And do you agree with his selection, especially going forward? I mean, uh, I've seen some people criticizing uh, Karim Ansarifard and maybe wishing uh, Samuel Godus playing instead. But to be honest, uh, Karim, just like Sardot, did a great defensive work. And in both games against Morocco and Spain, uh, Karim had a good uh, good spell at, at the goal. Versus Spain, he was really close to, to netting. Versus uh, Morocco, he had opportunity, but uh, the shots went wide because he, he kind of missed it, basically. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure that uh, he's getting closer and closer to the goal because 17 goals in Olympiacos this season is, is something that you should be proud of and, and it's a good record um, uh, he, he's the kind of player just like Sardar when it's time for counter-attack we can see him getting ready uh, when he's uh, having when he's running against the goal and he's uh, in the goalkeeper's area uh, all the teams in the world have have will have trouble problem against uh, Karim um, and uh, let, let's not forget, uh, as you mentioned before, uh, it, it was a hard, it was a hard job being a top striker, but being forced to play uh, such such a defensive uh, role that he did against uh, Spain. But he did it good, and I do believe that he should start the next uh, game against uh, Portugal. Let's not 
also forget that Karim is one of the few two-footed players. He seems equally comfortable with left or the right foot. He had a shot yesterday, I think it was with his right foot, and we've seen him take uh, opportunities with his left as well. So moving on to who I think was my man of the match, or at least from our side. Um, it's difficult to pick one single player out, but I thought Saeed Ezatollahi was immense yesterday. He was very cool on the ball. 100%. He was... He was very cool on the ball. He didn't give the ball away so much. He didn't hoof it up as much as some of his teammates were, like Ramin Rezaian, who I don't blame, to be honest, because under pressure, I would rather clear the ball than uh, risk losing the ball. And he tried to dally a couple of times in defense. But going back to Saeed, uh, defensively, he did great. Offensively, he was laying off some good long passes. He even scored a goal, which... We don't want to go too much into it, but let's say it was dubious uh, at the very least. It could have been called either way. So how did you see Saeed? And was this the Saeed that we all have been waiting for for the past four years to show up for the national team? Um, as I said, I do agree with you that Saeed was man of the match for Iran. And, uh, you know, before the World Cup, I made a, like a list uh, with strength and weaknesses of all players. And the weaknesses I, I had with with Said was that he's kind of slow. He usually is not that good on one on ones, uh, and he always seems to get a yellow card because it's it's kind of easy to go past him when he's standing still. But I don't know what happened during during the, the last games, uh, f- because or, or during the game against Spain, to be honest. Because Said was showing speed, even if you know, you know, we, we saw that Spain had the ball a lot, and Iran just just needed to defend it, defend. Uh, yeah, the ball went around the team really fast, and it's it's hard to keep up with uh, with the Spaniards. But I was really shocked and surprised how good uh, of a leader Said Azatole was. He's also just one, 21, 22 years old, something like that. Uh, he's uh, his ability to be like a chain between the defenders and the midfielders was really impressive. He was good when Iran was at the was really under pressure during the first half and was really good after the goal when Iran came back into the game much more and 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 showed that they're not just a team t- uh, in the World Cup to to see and learn. They can very well hold the ball and, and create some chances and. A lot of those chances started with, with Said's uh, beautiful mind that he had. Perfectly put again. So I really don't have much to add other than he was excellent. And I hope that we can see more of this on a consistent basis. Part of it will come from moving and playing in a higher level of football in a better league, I would say, in Central Europe. One that suits a player of his style. The Russian league is too physical and puts too much emphasis on the, let's say, the English style of playing football rather than the Iberian style. So hopefully we'll see Said moving to another club after the World Cup. Now, moving on to a couple of final points before we take some questions from the fans. Firstly, um, Carlos Queiroz. We've questioned most of his decisions over the past months, but... First, the one about Jalal Hosseini, and we've seen Cheshmi slot in doing well, and then we've seen Majid Hosseini doing it. Both of them are younger players, so it's opening the road for the future. He's been vindicated. Then you see Vahid Amiri, and there he's been vindicated. Then you see 
The starting lineups over both games had some eyebrows raised. And again, you would argue he was vindicated. So what do we have to say, Pejman, about Carlos Kairosh and uh, not only till now during the World Cup, but for the future? Um, well, just just as you say, he's been uh, criticized. And I think we were all shocked that uh, Milad Mohamedi was uh, on the bench and Ehsan Harsafi started at the left. We were all pretty much all shocked that uh, Ruz Becheshmi was starting. All shocked that Bahid Amiri was playing. And um, f- what what we need to do, or at least I need to do, I need to go take a step back and and maybe don't be so so emotional judging these players from a couple of good or bad games. Uh, Karash being a coach for over thirty years, being in Iran for over seven years, uh, uh, I think he he deserves the benefit of the doubt. He he deserves to uh, to try his ideas. Uh, in a, in a tough game, in a tough matter, like in the World Cup, and then we can criticize him if it, is, it was right or wrong. And looking back at these two games, uh, I mean, none of the players have been bad, because maybe th- that's something that's that's Iran. Uh, we have some good players and some less good players, but uh, let's be honest, a player like Ramir Rezaian, when we know he's not good, uh, he's not good, but in these two games, He's been solid. He's he he have held his cool and he have shown the himself in the national team that uh, his his decision to not have Kafuri in the squad was a correct one. Uh, so uh, in the next game, if Carlos uh, Kerosh uh, wants to keep. Uh, Osmoon as a left wing or a goalkeeper, I'm like, sure, that's a smart idea because you know what you're doing. That's how much faith I have in Carlos Queiroz. And people don't understand it. That's one thing I want to say about maybe Swedish media that, that I'm in here or maybe people in general. I don't think that people truly understand what, uh, what Carlos Queiroz have done for for this this country i mean sure they say he, he built a, a strong team or and something like that but i don't really i don't think they understand how hard it is to do it in a country like iran uh, i think it's much um, easier nothing bad against teams such as maybe sweden and and iceland that's, that's a good team but i think it's much 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 harder to build uh, this kind of team with Iranians than it is with most of other countries. So that's something that he should get really praised for. I agree. I think Carlos Kirosh is one of the best game day managers. Uh, I can barely remember any decisions he's taken that's been wrong during the seven years when it comes to picking the lineups or making substitutions or tactical changes. Honestly, he has... um, He's suited for countries like us. I'm not sure if he's the right manager for a team like Real Madrid or uh, Portugal national team because they have the sort of the talents to ensure more expansive football. But for a country like us, for a team like us, he's the perfect manager, and I think he's 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 done enough for us to give him the benefit of the doubt, as you said. Now, moving on towards some questions from fans. Um, yeah, j- j- just one last thing, uh, Bobak. Sure, uh, go ahead. Listen, um, 
Carlos Queiroz was one of the biggest uh, critics of the Iranian national, no, sorry, for the Iranian uh, league and the players not being fit enough. But uh, we saw four players from the uh, Iranian league in the startup, uh, starting lineup, and five if we count with Tarami, who was there just six months ago. Uh, it's it's really, how can you say, it's really impressive that you can keep a bench full of legionaries. I mean, you have Reza Qochanejad, Saman Qudus, you have Milad Mohammadi, Amir Abedzadeh. I mean, you have several uh, players on the bench that we all think should start. But uh, and and if it was with any other Iranian coach, I'm 100% sure that uh, they would go out in the media and say, "Oh, I've become a I've become legionary to to sit on the bench on on the Iran." No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm really pissed and I'm going to show it. But no, what you see is Reza Qochanejad, uh, Milad Mohammadi, Sam and all other players, they they go and uh, uh, in the media and just talk good about uh, Carlos Queiroz, although they haven't been playing a single minute. For me, that takes some some really good skills that, that you need to have to being a leader. And I mean, the guy should do a TED talk about how to handle Iranian divas because that's that's impossible. You're right. I think uh, I think he's proven more often than not that despite, for example, on this pod we've also mentioned before one of our friends Ali Reza Pekan that Kerosh has his boys or his favorite players, but I think more often than not he is proven that. No one is guaranteed of a start with the Iran shirt. There are, there is no hidden agenda. There is no, uh, no more than any other coach anywhere in the world. No favorites. No more than any other coach in the world. So he makes the right decision, which he genuinely feels will give the chance to the team to do better. So we can all be uh, happy about that. And as Pasha Hajian has said many times, in Carlos, we trust. Now moving on to the questions, we've got one for Ahmed. I think it's Amir Moshiri on Twitter. He asked, what can we do to get Ronaldo injured? And before I put that to you, uh, well, he's asking before the game, to be fair. Before I put that to you, I would suggest maybe pulling some of those hairs off his chin. What do you think? <laughs> well, uh, the ones that he have, uh, sure, why not? The, it seems to be a hot topic in this world today. On a serious question now from Bobak Shah, he's asked... Why haven't players like Gucci and Ashkan Dejaga played more, even though they've been in this position before? Uh, before I put that to you, I would say that I don't think we've seen any of the players that who have played being phased by the atmosphere or environment. They've all settled in well. There haven't been any nerves, I think, other than the first few minutes against Morocco. Uh, but regardless, what do you think? Should Gucci and Ashkan, should have... Should they have played more, or let's look forward towards Portugal? Do they have a role to play against Portugal? Um, well, I don't know. It, it's hard. I do believe that maybe an interesting move could be starting uh, Osmoon on the bench and uh, letting Reza Qutshanejad playing the first 45-60 minutes. Uh, uh, if Iran is to... Uh, if you want to have the ball much more than they have so far in these two games, then maybe Gochanejad could be an interesting player because he's really he's really good in the box with the finishes, and uh, uh, a fresh Sardar in first in the last 30 minutes could be something that uh, very well can can do good for Iran. For Ashkan, um, 
it, it probably means that he have to put a player such as Karim Ansari Fard or Vahid Amiri on the bench. And uh, with their performances so far, I can't really see that happening. Um, I think Ashkan is maybe a, a better player when Iran plays against maybe weaker teams. Uh, he he had the opportunity and the possibility to hold on to the ball and distribute uh, the ball from to the left and right. But uh, Ashkan with not having the ball maybe isn't such a good defender. So maybe that's a reason. And also that uh, he's been long time injured is something that we shouldn't forget. And that's interesting, you know, having a player like Ashkan and Roshanejad on the bench. Uh, I, I think we've got a very, like you say, it's uh, we've got a strong bench. It's very, very difficult to pick three players to come in and make an impact. You have yesterday we had Masoud, we had Ashkan, we had Gucci, we had uh, Salman, we had Ali Zajambach. That's just five attacking. We had Milad Mohammed. That's six players who could easily get into our starting lineup. So we are really at a good time compared to four years ago. We are at a great time in Iranian football where the potential is there and the quality is there so that we can actually have a bench to call up on. Now, moving on to the next question, it's from Yavishah. He asks, can we or should we be more positive against Portugal? What do you think, Pejman? Um, I think so. Uh, if you look at Iran's game and if you look at Portugal's game versus Morocco. If you look at Iran's both games and you look at Portugal's both games. I mean, we, we shouldn't get carried away and say Iran could easily beat Mar- uh, uh, Portugal. There's a reason Portugal very, uh, almost never lose. There's a reason why they're the European champions uh, in they have a player like Ronaldo that we don't really need to tell how good he is. Um, but I do believe uh, that Iranian fans all around the world do expect Iran to put some pressure on Portugal and try to win that game. Uh, but I don't think uh, Kairosh will be so interested in... Uh, attacking from the first minutes uh, we'll talk about the Portugal game maybe in, a, in another part but uh, I do believe that uh, Iranian fans could demand some more attacking play versus Portugal than they had done so far I agree with you but I will add that four years ago against Bosnia we were in a very similar position where a win could have taken us to the next round but we went a little bit more expansive from the start we burnt our remaining fuel uh, in the first half, I would say, first maybe 15 minutes, and then we lost the game. I think it was 3-1. So I wouldn't personally uh, change our tactics too much. I would play like we did against Spain. I would definitely start in the same fashion, but I would be hopeful that maybe yeah, the, I st- agree. The, the striker could be a little bit further forward and give him a little bit of the freedom to stay up and keep their defenders on their toes. Because in the second half against Spain, even after going down 1-0, I don't think we were throwing 10 players up at uh, at Spain. We were just a little bit more imaginative in uh, attacking them down the flanks and uh, giving them some, uh, let's say, dangers to think of. So I think we need to find the right balance, uh, keep the close uh, closeness in the game, not concede an early goal, and then in the second half, hopefully, have maybe 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes of really giving a go uh, and trying to take the game to them. I don't think Portugal is as good as Spain. They will find it difficult to break us down. Um, They like the opposition to have the ball. So giving them the ball can be 
interesting, let's say. So uh, I wouldn't change much personally. So let's see how that goes. And going to the final question, uh, Daniel asks us, uh, who should start um, and let's say, should the team be freshened up and what are Portugal's weaknesses? Um, well, I don't know how Ehsan uh, Hash Safi is. He got injured yesterday, if he's fit or not. Uh, Milad Mohamedi is an excellent replacement uh, on the left side. I don't really see that as a weakness, to be honest. Uh, so uh, the back four would be the same as yesterday, but Ehsan replacing, being replaced by Milad Mohamedi. Said Azatolayan, Omid Ebrahimi is a is a super duo that that I've been so impressed about, uh, impressed over in the in the World Cup. Um, some changes can be done. To be honest, I, I would like to see um, maybe Taremi should start on the bench again and letting Jahan Bach start. Although Iran will, as you say, they will probably start a bit defensive, but. I don't think they will wait until the 55 or 6 and minute or consigne a goal to, to start their own game. That will need to start much earlier. And that's why Jahan Bakhsh could, could be useful. Uh, maybe starting with uh, Salman or Gouchan uh, Nejad in top instead of Osmoon could be uh, uh, a surprise that uh, Kerush have in mind. Uh, what do you say, Babak? I think... The more I think about it, and considering Sazar has played two 90 minutes in five days, I don't think he's ever done that in his career. I would give serious thought to uh, starting with someone else. Uh, question is, do we want pace? I think I think so, with Pepe and Font in defense. So maybe someone. Question is, does Carlos see him in that position as a number nine? Or would Reza Guchanejad be a more realistic and likely replacement. I, I would personally, Jahanbash has to start. Uh, the central midfield too, I agree with you. I would consider the third one to be maybe someone like, uh, could be someone, uh, could be uh, again Amiri maybe as a third one, but he will not offer you such drive. Could Karim move there? I don't know. It's, it's difficult, really difficult to predict. But I would, I would like to see someone with those as a counter-attacking player, uh, he would be perfect. So I would like to see him start with Jaume Barsh, uh, probably yeah, in the Or field. at least let someone play more than 5-10 minutes. I think uh, he, he showed that uh, he's capable of uh, doing some damage when he when he. I, I, I agree. I agree. He needs, to, he needs a real chance to make an impact. We've seen him do it against Arsenal and in the uh, Svenskan as well. So... It would be good if he gets the chance. I would agree with you, Taremi maybe off the bench, but harsh to drop him after his performance. Generally speaking, we would like to see some fresh legs because these guys have been running themselves into the ground. So uh, really hard to predict, but I think uh, fresh legs up front as a striker and bring Sardar on in the last 30 minutes yeah, when yeah. opposition is tired and we're going to be a little bit more on the front foot. So actually, Sardar is going to get into the positions where he can make an impact. Exactly. Running around, chasing shadows is not going to do much for him. Yesterday, if Sardar was fresh, maybe he would have attacked the ball which Taremi was attacking. But at that stage, he was he was dead in the legs, you could say. So tough to see. But I think Daniel was asking, what about where, where do you see Portugal's weaknesses, Pejman? Yeah, well, uh, against uh, Morocco, we saw that uh, um, 
Morocco could be able they, they could come in both from the left and the right and from the middle to be to be honest uh, there were some major holes uh, in Portugal it was kind of surprising um, Pepe being Pepe you know uh, he can be good or he can be be, be less good uh, they're they're not as a good team as as Spain and they do have some players that's uh, are not, not at, at on Iran level but they're not super quality uh, uh, that we've seen so I I think not letting Spain uh, sorry not letting Portugal have the ball could uh, be kind of stressful for them and they could do some some uh, silly mistakes because uh, we all know Portugal's tactics it's like getting the ball to to Ronaldo and although it's a really easy tactic so far no country in the world have been able to to stop them so yeah it's nothing to to be uh, to to laugh at to be honest and uh, we also get a uh, final question here Bobak uh, I don't know if you, you saw it from Cyro Espiru who asked uh, will Keros experience with Portugal team have any effect for our formation or tactics uh, do you believe so I think there is no one who knows the Portuguese team as good as Keros. Yes, a lot of uh, the players have changed since 2010, but he's Portuguese. He follows the Portuguese football closely. He has, let's say, from what we've heard, he has a special desire, let's say, to look forward to this game, and it's very, very important for him. So I think definitely he would have some plans, special plans in uh, in mind for Portugal. What they are is difficult to say right now. I think Cristiano as well has some sort of history with uh, Carlos. So I think the atmosphere and the backdrop to this game is going to be interesting in its own. So I think that's a good good point to finish this pod on and we'll have a preview for the Portugal game the day before, I hope. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about our expected lineups and uh, what to expect during the game. Pejman, it's been a pleasure to be with you again. Any final words? You too, Bobak. Uh, no, I'm just uh, really happy about how Iran have played so far in the World Cup. I think they show the world that uh, this is a team that uh, uh, for us Iranian fans uh, we've been waiting for and show the world that uh, they belong in, in, the, in the top flights at world, uh, on the world stage. So I'm really pleased about the results. Yeah, it's, it's, it's similar to the feeling after the Argentina game, although probably even more proud. I think we can keep our heads up. And more importantly, the players and the management should keep their heads up. They've made a nation of 80-something million people proud. And I think we got a few admirers out there, at least the ones who understood football, respected the Iran performance yesterday. So until next time, everybody, we hope you enjoyed this pod and see you later. See you later, guys. Take care.